Hello everyone, you're listening to the Bunsen Bugle, the number one place to get your car night fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. The bogeymen strike again. It's seven meetings, no wins for United against Harrogate as they pick up a scabby 1-0 win at Brunton Park. We look back on that narrow defeat against the Sulphurites while looking here to this weekend's trip to the capital to face AFC Wimbledon. Honest to God, I'll be, I really hope we go up this season just just because I'm sick of the sight of Harrogate and <laughs> yeah. the results they get us. I, I don't know what it is. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's, it's just... God, every time we play them, something seems to go... It's, yeah, and it's, it's, it, it, and it's never like we get. It's just like we don't turn up sometimes. That said, well, we played okay in this game. But obviously, we'll talk about that once we get to the match. Seven, seven, seven games against them and two draws, and that's the best we've got. Yeah, and and one of those draws was a, it was a scabby late. In fact, both of them. I think we got late goals to yeah, to get yeah. draws in those. So, so yeah, not 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 great in that sense. But there you go. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Looking ahead to your early start on Saturday down to Wimbledon. Mm. Early train, uh, can't be at London away day. There's going to be quite a few blues in that early train, though, isn't there? Yeah, there's, I've, I've, I know a few who were on it, and uh, as of yesterday, we'd sold 863, so you're probably looking at a thousand because I know, I know people paying on the day, etc. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Tr- amazing following, it has to be said. Just, you know, to take that money yeah. down to London. Well, um, Stockport took 1100 the other week. But it was only a five and a ticket because Wimbledon did a deal. So, and also you should be yeah. noted, it's only two hours on the train from Stockport, and there's a train every three uh, three times every hour, I think. Meant well, it's meant to be when they run fully. Well, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's not talk yeah. about that. We, we, me and you could talk all day about that, couldn't we? So yes. There you go. Uh, right. Okay. Before we start, as usual, we've got to tell you all about our uh, sponsors and where you can find us on social media and how to subscribe to the podcast. We'd like to say a big thank you to the Carl United Sports Club London Branch for once again sponsoring the podcast this season. The London Branch is open to all Carl United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and of course every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sporters games and fundraising for the club. This season they'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. If you haven't already... Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on all good podcast apps, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Basically, search for the Brunton Bugle, click subscribe, and then when a new episode comes out, you'll get a little notification to tell you to download it and listen to it at your leisure. Also, if there's an option to review on any of those apps, please do so. If you can give us a five-star review, that would be really lovely. It's a great way for us to get the message out about the podcast and so more people can learn about it. And uh, yeah, we can spread the word even more. You can also find us on social media, at Brunton Bugle, on Instagram and Twitter. If you go onto Facebook and search for the Brunton Bugle, click like as well. You can follow our page. Uh, we're also on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group and also on the Buzzies Back message board, the new message board that's replaced the Cumbrians.net. Uh, and also, if you want to drop us an email, Bugle at gmail.com. Okay, then that's all that stuff sorted. So uh, let's get into it, Dan. Uh, first up, uh, one bit of news this week. Uh, good bit of positive news, isn't it? Uh, no sort of manager no, of the month possibly, curse. possibly. <laughs> well, the, surely the manager of the month curse has been gone away if it, if it does come true. So yes, uh, Paul Simpson and Christian Dennis have both been nominated for the Leighton Monthly Awards. Um, 
no massive surprise, is it really, with this, with the month we've had? You know, that one defeat against Doncaster, followed by the the four wins. It was uh, a pretty successful run of games, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I was looking. I still think Stevenage will get it purely because it mentioned the league and their FA Cup well, no, exploits. It, it mentions that, but they can't count the FA Cup exploits. That's the one thing that always comes into this. FA Cup exploits still, don't still count on it. I think Paul Simpson will get the manager, but I think Pierre Gianni will get the player only because he was nominated last month as well. So having two months in a row, they might think eh, we probably should give it to him this month. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be Simo that gets the, the manager. Yeah. Just for getting us up into those top three positions, really, to, for lifting us so high. That's what I reckon. So, yeah. yeah. So basically, Simo is up against uh, Matt Bloomfield from Colchester, who's done a great job, to be fair there. Uh, Steve Evans, Stephen, as you mentioned there, Dan, and Neil Harris at Gillingham uh, for the manager of the month category. While Denno has competition from Conor McElhenney uh, from Salford City, Tom Nichols from Gillingham, and Carl Pierre Gianni from Stevenage in his. He's also he's also up for that one that yes. fans vote for the Virtu one, which Moxon won so, last month, I think it was. Yeah, so get voting. So we could have two in a row there. That'll be quite impressive, wouldn't mm. it? So, uh, so yeah, if you haven't, we, we, I think we've we've retweeted it, haven't we, from our uh, account from the Brunton Eagle Twitter account. So, if you want to find details of how to, to vote on that, please go and vote for him. Because I mean, be honest, it is a popularity contest that one, really, <laughs> in terms of who can yeah. vote for the most. Yeah. But looking at the teams we're up against, they're not exactly the well-supported teams in our division. So there's every chance for our fans to get voted and he's going to win the award. So uh, good luck to Deno on that one. Um, right, Lone Watch, Dan. Um, quite a busy week, actually, for our players, hasn't it been? There's been a few appearances mm. in there. Um, Max Kilsby, let's start with him. I mean, Annan's terrific form just continues, hasn't it? Um, yeah, they got another win in Scottish League 2, pushing them up to third place. and uh, Or keeping them in third place, sorry. They... Beat Bonnie Rig Rose 2 1 uh, at Bonnie Rig Rose, it should be said. Uh, I think they only played them a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Down at Annie. Yeah, you, you sometimes get that in uh, in that league. Yes, it's, it's a sort of weird way it happens sometimes. Yeah, so uh, a 2 1 win there. I think Max was actually booked in this game, but he started once again for the Galabankis. Um This weekend, they're away at Dumbarton. I think at Dumbarton, top of the league. Possibly in Scottish League 2, I think, this season. They are, yes, by uh, yeah. four points from Sterling. Yes, I mean, they're flying. I mean, I mean, lovely place to go and watch football, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm still gutted that when we played them in pre-season that year, I couldn't go up to that game. Yeah, same here. I couldn't make it. Tuesday night there. game as well. What, what, what stupid decision that was. But there you go. I mean, it was a Saturday. We would have took a fair few, wouldn't we, I think. Never mind. Um, yeah, so great to see Max still getting his good experience uh, down at Annan. Uh, Lewis Bell, uh, nice little SPL B-team doubleheader for him, wasn't it, this week? Uh, Hearts at the weekend, Rangers uh, in midweek. Um both games were defeats, though, for Gretna. Not a, not a great run for them in terms of form at the moment. Um, yeah, uh, they lost 2-0, I think, against Hearts at home. And then they lost 2-1 away at uh, Rangers, thanks to an injury-time winner for the girls. It's a bit heartbreaking, that, isn't it, for uh, mm. for Gretna this season? I mean, it, it's a real slog for them, isn't it? And the main thing for them is just avoiding relegation, if they can. Um, yeah, well, the, it, it probably will be, because look at the league... Dalbeaty started Edinburgh Uni a well bottom by talking eight wins. So, yeah. uh, funny enough, the teams that are around them, Cowden Beef and East Stirling, which just shows how much some of the teams that do go down struggle. Well, they're playing Berwick next as well, aren't they? So, I mean, yeah, you, Berwick you mid table. Because for years and years, you just think of Berwick or Scottish team that you know in the Scottish League Two or Scottish League One, and then suddenly like, oh wow, they're not there anymore. <laughs> And it's kind of like it almost unsettles you, doesn't it? Really, like oh, that, that that's that's not right. 
Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to stop there because actually we did um, uh, Jeff Jackson, who's someone who uh, many car fans know. He's a uh, very much knows his stats related to car United, doesn't he? Collects programs, very knowledgeable, this sort of thing. He he actually he's a ground hopper as well, and he actually likes to tick off Scottish grounds too. And he actually messaged me on Facebook. I'm giving a little shout out here. He said that he went to uh Tranent uh on Saturday. Um and Lewis Bell actually looks a pretty good player to be fair at that level, you know, and, and apparently Tranent at the top of the table and it was always gonna be a tough game for them. Um but great now actually have been a lot better under the new manager. Um, especially against the teams around them. I think the challenge is the teams at the top have got such big resources, haven't they? Yeah. And it becomes yeah. a real challenge for a team like Gretna that is sort of relying on not massive amounts of money, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's... it's, it's he's, he's, he was a little bit surprised, wasn't he, Jeff? Wasn't he, that maybe we didn't push him up to Andon's level because he looks probably too good for that level, so... Interesting that he's actually stayed there. I suppose it's better to be playing week in, week out, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other two, Sam Fishburne, uh, double header of fixtures for Sam and Morpeth as well. Um, reversal of results in each of those. So they first up lost 1-0 at Ashton United. And then in midweek, they uh, they won 1-0 in North Yorkshire against Whitby Town. Uh, interesting, this was on Tuesday. I was in Whitby on Tuesday and I didn't even realise they had a game on. So I was only there for the day though, so I don't think I would have stayed. I, think, I don't think my uh, <laughs> my good lady wife would have been quite happy if I'd said, let's yeah, stay yeah. a bit longer and watch uh, Whitby uh, Town against Morpeth Town. Let's, let's have some fish and chips. I'll tell you what, let's just nip to Whitby Town for a couple of hours. Oh, we, went yeah. to, we went to Mr. Chips in Whitby. Absolutely lovely chips. Very expensive, yeah. but really, really lovely. So so there you go. But yeah, so uh, Sam started and was subbed after, in the 54th minute against Ashton United. He was an unused sub against Whitby Town. Um, next for them is a home clash with... Afferton Collieries this weekend and finally Dan Hill Cleetamore Celtic I think he got a couple more appearances I can't it's hard to find information about Cleetamore in terms of who's playing and stuff um, but they uh, had two games they drew uh, 1-1 at Euxton Villa before being beaten 3-1 at home by AFC Blackpool random Whitby fast you can get a direct train from Whitby to Carlisle on a Sunday you know what? I was I was there, and I just going off on a tangent. I was looking on the uh, national rail app. Just to, I saw, saw the train station. Thinking, where did the trains actually come from? To here, I realised obviously they go all the way to Middlesbrough, don't they? And yeah, there's, yeah. there's one that I think they do a couple a day that go all the way to Hexham. I was thinking, yeah, why, yeah. why doesn't it go all the way to Carlisle? It seems a bit of a weird. Yeah, on a, on a Sunday there's a couple. It takes about five hours, like. But... Yeah, it's a lot long journey that yeah. would be. But there you go. Anyway, right, that's enough of rambling about that, Dan. Uh, well, we've put it off long enough. Let's talk about. Uh, Cal United nil, Harrogate Town one. Yeah, mm. the, the, do we the, have to? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the curse continues. I don't know what it is. That, what? Why have the Sulfurites got such a hold over? Is it? Just, it's a weird Paul, one because Paul Farwell doing voodoo before we play them. <laughs> must or something. be. It must be. He must have left. He's left something in the Brunton Park change room somewhere, hasn't yeah. he? And it's hidden under a box or something. And you, you know, every time we play, he's doing it. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating, isn't it? Because. I don't know what you do. I didn't think we actually played that badly in this game. No, um, I thought first half were uh, the better team. I think nil nil was probably fair because we weren't, you know, yeah. cutthroat in any way. But I, I certainly thought we had the better of the game. And annoyingly, when when they actually scored, I actually thought we were just starting to get on top. Yeah, we were. and I thought, you know. We get one here, we'll probably get a second type thing, but yeah. then that moment happens. So. I, I agree with you there. I, I feel like they were kind of team that were they they were very much coming to get a point where they and if they could possibly nick something well, on the break, brilliant. 
you, you look at the stats for the game, goal attempts, 19-3, shots on goal, 8-0. They didn't have a shot on goal and they won the yeah. game. Yeah. You it's, know, it's... block shots, 7-2, corners, 10-2. We've absolutely battered them, you know. Yeah. It's 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 frustrating as hell, isn't it? Interesting though. Uh, they actually had more passes than us. Yeah, but there's a lot of passing along the back four and things like that. Yeah, and that, and yeah, that lad yeah. in the middle, what's he called? The little terrier, uh, Falkenham. The, yeah. The, the, the short lad, he's would not shut up. He's got such a gob yeah. on him. I'd, I'd be glad to see the back of him as well. To be fair, he's, um, he's, he's, he's been one of their sort of standout players since he's been in the league for me. But I mean, Lovey was making some comment on him, wasn't he? And I think he's saying like. He doesn't do that much. He's not like he, he... Paul Thurwell had a similar sort of role for us when he played, but he was a lot more... He would drive the game a little bit more than Falkenham did. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel... Falkenham's a lot of sideways passes, a lot of passes back to his centre-backs. There's not much in there for me. But, yeah. but we let we see, let him control it. That's the problem. See, I, I thought, you know, Muldoon went off injured quite early, didn't he? Mm. And I thought Armstrong... <sighs> Didn't impress me too, too much on Saturday. He did a lot of running about, but didn't do much with it. And usually it's them two who make things happen for them. So, you know, I think Muldoon went off about five minutes before. The yeah, before 30, 39 minutes. Yeah, he went off yeah. 39 minutes. Uh, yeah. So he was quiet. Like, say, Armstrong ran about a bit, but didn't do much. And, you know, you're thinking, oh, we'll get this goal and then we'll push on and get another, you know. and We'll finally beat them, but uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be, was it? It just never happened, did it? Uh, in terms of when the lineup was announced before the game, Dan, um, surprised to see Ben. I mean, obviously, he changed the two strikers. Maybe not that much of a surprise yet. We feel like he's going to rotate them a little. Yeah, bit. that's going. That's going to happen. We've already said that's going to happen a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'd rather they stuck with a couple of them for a while though, rather than just keep flip flopping. I think that'd be yeah. danger with that. Um, were you surprised to see Ben Barkley starting again and Joel Cena not Brock? Possibly, yeah. But I mean, to be fair, I... go on. Sorry, you, you couldn't really change the team after Barrow game, could you? No, but it's, it's a weird one because, like, I, I said, he, and, you know, and, he played and well. When, and... you, when, when you look at the bench as well, Whelan offers more from the bench, doesn't he? Yeah, this, this is where I've got a problem because it, 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 this is a challenge of being a manager, isn't it? Because obviously, you've won five-one. You've played really well. Yeah, he scored an own goal, but he was tired and he was cramping up and he was, you know, coming chasing back to try and stop yeah. what would have been a goal. Um, he played okay, Barkley, and, and and yeah, he had a decent game against um, Barrow, but that was playing at right back for most of the game rather than right wing back. And yeah, starting, yeah. if we were going to start the game with a free back three again, I felt he should, should have been senior in there. I felt you needed a wing back in there, and I felt like that <coughs> that hampered us just that little bit. I think. Mm. But it's 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 tough one to judge, but um, but personally, it, it sounds like Cena is probably going to be involved this weekend. Yeah, it? yeah, not, he's 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 been mentioned, and it uh, wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, I feel like if we're going to stick with this back three, but I think you've got. To get also, Barkley's just played two ninety minutes off the back of not playing, which is exactly why Senior was yeah. rested. You know. Exactly that, exactly that. So that, that, that seems fair enough. Um, into the game itself, like I said, first half, not a massive amount in it really. I'm trying to think of like, there's that header from Dennis from the corner, I think, which was flicked on just over the bar. But their keeper's not had a massive amount of saves to make, has he, in the first half? That's the one we'd be disappointed. No, no. And like, so we, we were having chances, but there was nothing clear cut, was there? It was just, you know. 
Yeah, it was it was it, Chances. It, was, it was a bitty game, wasn't it? And, it, and we said at half time we were a crack me and my mate, and we're saying like, actually, we played better in this first half than we did in the first half against Barrow. <laughs> that yeah, was the weird yeah. thing about it. It was, it was strange. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the whoscored.com thing here, and it's got um, Jameson as their man of the match, the keeper, eight point one. Was the overall man of the match as well? So that probably tells you how you know good he was at least in the second half with some of the saves he made, but. Um, yeah, it, it's the whole thing was just a bit bitty first half. Second half, that, that's the only thing that annoyed me. The fact that we were kicking towards the Warwick in the first half, and it, oh, I never like that. Never yeah, like yeah. that. It always gives me a bad feeling that and I did say up for the game. I know it's a superstition nonsense, but you know that's just the feeling. Into the second half, like you said, Holy didn't really have a say to make. If we're being no. honest, even ones that they were near, you know, near and always going wide, that kind of thing. He he was pretty solid. And we like we, just, we were just getting into it. We were just getting a little bit of a rhythm. You just get this feeling, right, okay, it, it's coming now. Just, just take our time with this. You know, pa- Patrick was starting to cause a few problems. He was starting to look lively. And then it happened. I mean, whose fault is it? Let's, let's start straight out. I know we're not apportioning blame here, you know, that kind of thing, but really, who's Definitely more Paul Huntington than Thomas Hawley. I've seen a few people trying to say it's Holy's figure. I've seen it. Uh, no, 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 no. Twitter frame. When, when, no when, when you watch it in slow motion, Huntington shapes as though he's going to go and head it almost. Yeah. Which is what Holy would expect because then he can pick it up and, you know, and, you know, when he decides to kick it, basic defending, you do not pass back on target. Yeah. You put it either side of the goal for that very reason. I mean, don't get me wrong. Paul Huntington will have went in the dressing room, raised his hand, and went, "Sorry, lads, have balls." Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Of course, you know, and, you know, and it's it's forgotten now. You know, I mean, we're only talking about it because part part of the review of the game. It's, I'd say, it's definitely more Huntington than Holy for well, me. What, what's telling for me is what Huntington after he does it, he has his head in hands, he looks back at Holy again, and I think he does the very typical defender thing. He wants to berate the keeper, but he's like. I can't berate you. You've done. You yeah, didn't do anything yeah. wrong there. Because what? Yeah. Well, right. The problem is, if Holy stays back on his line, and, and you know the ball comes back to him there, people will berate him for not coming out. They say he's not come out. He's not been decisive enough. He's potentially given Armstrong a, a chance to nip in and get to the ball. Um, what he does is he, he recognizes it's coming over the top. It's bouncing. Hunts can head this back to me. I'm going to get to the edge of the area to 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 narrow that gap so that Armstrong has not got a chance to nip in. And take the ball. That's what he's done. Nothing mm. wrong at all with what he's done. And actually, if you look back at the uh, there's footage from who is it? Uh, the, 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 um, uh, from the Harrogate Town there. Uh, no, in fact, it might have even been for our from our uh, uh, Pitchside Blues video. He's not in the middle of the goal. Holy's actually to the as the post. He's just wide of his left hand post. So actually, in theory, he's done the right thing. Although, albeit he's put it onto his weaker foot by doing that, arguably, but. At least he can scuff it out of play if the worst comes to the worst. He's not directly in the middle of the goal where Holy's standing. He's gone wide to give that option to Hunts. But the problem is he decides far too late to kick it and he kicks it too hard. When and he, I think is he, he doesn't. It's not even as if, if he has to get his head up to look and oh suddenly he's looking right at him. So he, he's just he's arsed up basically, hasn't he? Yeah, and he knows that basically. And, as soon as he kicked it and it went past the hole, I was like, oh, that's going in. That's going in. And it took, 
even though he kicked it quite hard, it did seem to take forever to go in the back of the net. Yeah, didn't it? yeah. it was so slow and it was almost slow motion, wasn't it? And it was just so frustrating. But but yeah, there you go. And ends up in the back of the net. And at that point, Harrogate were quite happy to say, "Yep, this will do us." Shut up shop, didn't they? And and really frustrated us for the rest of the game. And there was a handful of chances. There was the free kick, obviously, that was initially handballed. And then Devitt stepped up on a thought. He's going to hit the target at the very least. You know Devitt is going to hit the target from that distance. Problem is, because of the way it was, it was quite central. He couldn't really try for a corner, could he? He had to sort of hit it as hard as he could and get it on target. And the keeper obviously gets a hand to it, palms it over. And then they pretty much see the game out from there. And yeah, it's it's just... Just, just, just really frustrating to go from that barrow game to that. Especially yeah, yeah. A decent crowd of over six thousand home fans as well. Again, yeah, yeah. To do that, it's a very typical Car United thing. And, and, and as, as soon as the scored, Harrogate got like a, a second win, and yeah. we, we we weren't scored once once that happened. You know, no, they, they were quite happy to shut up shop, and we, we we hadn't really tested their keeper enough at that point, really. Uh, obviously, I can mention there. Devitt went close to his free kick. Hunt's nearly actually equalised, to be fair. If, he, if he'd managed to get a bit more direction away from the goalkeeper, he probably would have scored with that header from the late free kick, I think it was, or the corner, I can't remember which one it was. So, yeah, it, it's... You just chalk it off as one of those days, don't you? You just put it down as, like, at least we didn't play badly. That's that's the way I look at it. We didn't we didn't have a stink. This wasn't like a, you know, nil-nil against Crew or what was even nil-nil we had not long back, Walsall and things like that. You know, this wasn't a, a terrible performance like that. It was just a... One of them days. Another it's day, one of those days. Every team at the top's going to have them, and, you know, it happens. It's League Two, it happens. Another day, that's a nil-nil, basically. Yeah, you go, yeah. frustrating, but hey, we've got a point. And the positive is, as well, if you look at the rest of the results in League Two for the weekend, none of them really gained any ground, to be fair. I mean, Northampton got a point, so they move a point behind. Yes, they've got a game in hand, but... We always knew that they had that as a risk. They're still, they're still to come here, so... Exactly. Um, Salford, they won 2-1 against Rochdale, but again, they're three points behind with a much worse goal difference, so... Also still to come here. Yep, yeah, uh, and then beyond that, we've still got an eight-point gap back to Mansfield, you know, who yeah. themselves... Uh, I'm trying to see what their result is. They drew 1-1 at Bradford. Again. Still to come here as well. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, well, you're coming very soon, aren't they? Um, yeah. And yeah, so you look through it, obviously... Barrow drew 1-1 at Colchester, but not too far. Our audience are the team that have benefited because they beat Wimbledon and the one midweek at Crewe. Yeah, big so, you know they've, they've, they've got their little gap again. Stevenage have the games in hand on them, but yeah. it's the old points, points the on bo- the board versus exactly. games to play, you know. Exactly. And Orient are, are averaging just over two points a game this season, which yeah, is... Yeah. A brilliant return, to be fair. So yeah. they'll be they'll be very happy. So, so Stevenage, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. No, to be fair, actually, I'm just yeah. looking at that now. Actually, yeah, just yeah. over two points a game. So no, it's, yeah. yeah. So we're just behind them. Best of the rest. Can't really grumble too much at the moment, can you? Know, no. considering all things. And um, then, like like you mentioned, the goal difference is going to be massive. It really yeah. is. We just got to keep. There's, on. there's, there's only Northampton are really close to it. Maybe Salford at a push, but. Yeah. The rest of the, the pack are nowhere near us. Yeah. So we've got no talk. We've got no uh, six second reviews to this one because we didn't really want to put anyone through. Because no, all not, it would have been was harsh. people people talking about how bad the own goal was. That's all it probably would have yeah, been, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, in terms of individual performances, this one, Dan, uh, it's hard to repeat. I mean, Ben Barkley got man of the match. He, pretty solid game, but not that spectacular, I suppose. Uh, 
didn't get Gibson into the game as much as we have done in some of the recent games, which probably didn't help things. Uh, fuck Gordon looked lively again, you know. He a little bit surprised that Gordon was the one that uh, was subbed for for Patrick. Maybe, maybe could have took Gibson off and gone with Gordon and Gibson either side. Gordon and Patrick either side of Garner. Ooh. I'd I'd like to see us do it one game, yeah. uh, you know, because I think Harrogate had done the homework on uh, Gordon. Yeah, the double up a bit on. If we were in a situation where we're chasing a game or going for the, the late winner, it'd be interesting to have both Patrick and Gordon on just to see how a defence copes because yeah, I would like to be in a defence with them two, one on each side, or if they yeah. double up on the same side, you know, yeah. yeah. It's part of the problem there, though, we're so reliant on playing down the left at the moment. So whoever comes on basically just got to play down the left. And as good as Gibson's been... With Ben Barkley playing as the right wing back or the right back, he, he doesn't get as much support as, say, Patrick or whoever, you know, from Mellish and co down the left in the same way. It, it, it's a bit more challenging for whoever plays on the right, isn't it? Which is kind of why you feel a little bit sorry for Gibson sometimes because yeah. we are so heavily focused on playing down the left. That's why I, that's why I really think Senior needs to play at the weekend because it gives us another option down there. It gives a bit more balance in terms of the attack. Uh Anything else to pick out? Um, in terms of, of Harrogate, I, I thought there might be a team that might struggle down near the bottom, but I mean they're quite solid defensively. I have a feeling they might pull themselves away from a little bit of trouble, possibly, if they can play like that for the rest of the season. You would think they've got just enough. Yeah, possibly. A lot, lot of niggly stuff happening off, off the ball. I, I noticed a couple of, particularly, I think, when I watched back the highlights, there was one on Callum Guy, I think, where they, the lad caught him with, the, with an elbow from a jump or something, and... At the end there, their lad, uh, is it Kane Ramsey, um, suffered a particularly nasty injury, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a couple of players <laughs> in uh, the last couple of games up at Carlisle, but it's it's nothing deliberate. It's... Yeah, and to be fair, it, it, it wasn't, if anything, it was, it was. I'm not saying it's his fault, but it was his own making wasn't it because he flew into a challenge on Patrick which probably could have been a yellow card and a free kick because he catches Patrick well after the ball's gone but unfortunately I think Patrick's knee catches him in the face as he basically goes tumbling over him from the foul and the result is I think it's a fractured eye socket someone said in a broken jaw so that's him out for the season so yeah not a particularly nice one that one is it um but there you go anything else we want to talk about for this game because I'm struggling to find anything interesting to talk about from really no, not really. Yeah, I mean, that's about it, isn't it? Then, really. All right, we'll, we'll take a short break and then we're back to preview the AFC Wimbledon game. Hi, it's Morgan Feeney, and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. Okay, Dan, into the second half of the show, and we're going to start talking about the AFC Wimbledon game this weekend. A nice little trip to the capital for the Blues um, for a free clock kickoff on Saturday at the Cherry Red Records Stadium. It's a great name for a stadium, that, isn't it? If you're yeah. going to get sponsored by something, be sponsored by a record company. Rather than, you know, some, I don't know, used car sales thing or something, you know, or a, a betting company. So I think that's much cooler. Ch- uh, Cherry Red have actually got quite a long sponsorship history. They sponsored a lot of non-league football, didn't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have, yeah. Um, it's, it's similar to what happened with um, with Brighton, wasn't it? They were sponsored by Skint Records, which was... Yeah, which is Fat Boy Slim, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Um, yes, uh, right, let's look ahead to this one. First up, uh, Mike, obviously he's not with us this week. He's sent in a question for us to do. So here's Mike's question of the week. 
Now, there aren't many players who have played for MK Dons and AFC Wimbledon, but there is one who has played for MK Dons, AFC Wimbledon and Carlisle United. Who is he? Ooh, that's Ooh. a good question, that. That's a really good question, that. We will have a think about that. I, I tell you what, he, he's, he's pulled a good one out of the bag there, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, should we come back to that one? Have yeah, a, definitely. I'm kind of ratting my brain there. I can't try to think. That, that, that's, that's a belter. That is a belter. Fair play, Mike. Right, okay. Uh, let's then look ahead to... Oh, I've got it. Go on, go on, go on. You name it now. Brennan Dickinson. Does he play for both? All of them? Yeah, he, he oh, had a yeah. small, small spell at Milton Keynes between Colchester yes, and Yes, he Dexter, I think. did. I think you're absolutely right there. Right, go on. Let, let's have a look at the answer. Well, fair play, pulling that one on the back very quickly. Let's, uh, let, let's see the answer from Mike then very quickly here. And the answer is Brennan Dickinson. Yes. Ah, well, well done, well done, Don. That, that that's a belt. I, I, I was just, got, I was just thinking. That I'm sure it'll be someone quite recent. And then, yeah. ob- obviously, while while we were talking pre-recording, we were on about ex AFC Wimbledon players, and we we mentioned Brennan Dickinson, yeah. and then I thought. God, I'm sure he was at MK at one yes. point, yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. No, spot, spot on, right. Okay. He was a bastard of a club anyway, yeah. so. Oh, there you go. Uh, right, anyway, let, let's get into it. Up first in the match preview, we've got the Behind Enemy Lines section. And this week, we're speaking to George from the Nine Years podcast, obviously, which focuses on AFC Wimbledon. What did we talk about? We talked about uh, how the final life back in League Two after seven seasons away in League One. The surprise seven-figure move of their young starlet to a Qatari club in January, and what the Blues fans can expect on their first visit to the new Plough Lane this weekend. So here's the chat I had with George earlier this week. So yes, on this week's Behind Enemy Lines section, we're talking to George from the Nine Years podcast, which obviously focuses on AFC Wimbledon. George, good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Uh, we're going to be appearing on the uh, the live show before uh, your game at uh, the, the ground tomorrow, aren't we? It's a very strange one, that, is it? Because you're obviously an unofficial podcast, but you're doing a lot of stuff for the club as well. Yeah, no, we've got a really good relationship with the club. It's been going on for a couple of years now. So we have the main podcast, which is our unofficial weekly one. But then we also do our live show from the ground on match days, which goes out on the club's official YouTube and Facebook channels. Um, from the studio inside the main stand of the ground so it's an incredible opportunity and that relationship for the club is so beneficial for mutually obviously they get our content and it means we get access to players and stuff that otherwise you know other podcasts don't normally get yeah it's fantastic we're, we're quite lucky with us as well because i used to work at carl united in the media team so i know the the media manager there so occasionally you know we, we get interviews and things like that it's always it's always good to have a good relationship with the club at the very least isn't it um well let's talk about uh fc wimbledon then um it's your first season back in League Two for seven seasons. How have you guys found it so far? I mean, would you say being mid-table and in touch with the playoffs sort of meet your expectations? Yeah, I think it's sort of what we were all sort of hoping for and aiming for this year because obviously after what's been a very difficult six years in League One where you're just you're, every year is a battle for points every single week, to have a nice mid-table thing where it's a bit less pressure on you, I think it's been sort of what everyone was hoping for. So it's good we've been able to achieve that. But yeah. it's a big difference in terms of style. I think that's the thing that sort of shocked a lot of people. Yeah, it, 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 you do notice that when you come down. So I remember when we came down about, well, it was nearly 10 years ago now, I think it was actually. Um, in fact, it, yeah, it would have been, it'll be 10 years next year. Um, the style of the teams down here, it is a lot more direct at times, but, it, you know, it's still some good football teams down here as well, I think it's fair to say. Um, 
we spoke to some of the guys from one of your other podcasts, the Wombles Had a Dream podcast earlier this season. And they talked, one thing they talked about that really interested me was there was a big debate, they said, going on in your fan base about the pros and cons of fan ownership uh, at the time. Is that sort of still going on? Or what, what's your, just to get your thoughts on that in terms of, I think the, the feeling was that, you know, there's some massive benefits from being fan owned, but it also can restrict in terms of being able to compete against some of the, you know, the, the bigger teams who've got an owner who'll throw money at it. Yeah, I think, you know, that debate is always blown out of proportion. I think there's always going to be a very small minority at club who wish to sell out. Um, but a large majority of our fan base are happy with our ownership yeah. model. And I think there are, you know, it's the obvious benefits of that. I mean, all you have to do is look at the number of football clubs who in recent history have had problems with owners or had yeah. problems with their ground, etc. It's a massive benefit of being found ownership short term and long term. But you do have to balance that out with that means there is realistically a ceiling. You know, for now that is realistically top half of League Two, maybe or struggling to survive in League One like we have been. But once the new stadium fully starts generating the revenue it should be generating and once we pay off the debt related to the stadium, that's when you can start being looking at being a top half of League One, fighting to get maybe into having an odd year in the championship. But you have to be realistic with the model there is a ceiling. Yeah. Uh, you're interested, you mentioned about obviously the, the stadium bringing in money. Something that did bring in money for you in January in the transfer window, a, a, a move that particularly caught our eye uh, was the departure of Ayub Asal to Al Wakra. For 1.14 million. I mean, how did that move come about? How are El Wakra uh, scouting someone in League Two? It seems a bit of a weird one, that one. Yeah, I mean, Ayub's on a lot of people's radars. Ayub Asal was, um, he came through our academy system. He's broken into the first team in the last sort of yeah. two years or so now. But he's been training with England under 20s. He had an uh, international call up with the Moroccan under 21 team because um, he's got Moroccan heritage. Yeah. And then the, pl- the plan was always we were going to hold on to him in January and then sell him in the summer. Yeah. But um, that they met his minimum release clause. It's a great move for him to go out and play in Qatar. It will put him firmly on the radar of the Moroccan national team, which is ultimately his aim. Yeah. And at the end of the day, for a League 2 club, getting 1.2 million for a player is it's not an every transfer window occurrence. No, certainly not. I mean, I'm thinking back for us, we, we got what, 800 grand for, for Jared Branford when he left to go to Everton. Now we're getting a lot of stuff on top of that as well, eventually. But it, you know, it, it just shows it's not. He was 16 years old, you know, big English prospect that you'd you'd expect maybe a, a big fee for that. So to, to get that money for him seems a pretty good move for you guys. Um, in terms of other transfers in January, the big turnaround in terms of loan players for you. Obviously, m- most of them went. I think did pretty much all your loan players go back in January, and then you've brought another five in. It's although that does seem to be a bit of a common theme in, in League Two this this season. I've, I've noticed we we sent three back at least anyway, so it does seem quite a common thing. Yeah, we we had a load of loanies in the first half of the year. Most of them did well. Um, Carl Hudlin didn't really work out. He went back to Huddersfield right at the start of a window. Um, then um, Nathan Young Kimsey was a striker who looked good but struggled with his injuries. And Paris Magoma both went back to Brentford after we changed our style, really. Because um, at the start of the season, we started playing a 5-3-2 and it was very much playing, trying to play nice football. And we've moved away from that to being much more of what I describe as a League 2 team. Yeah. It's the politest way I can put it. <laughs> so I don't think Brentford were happy about that. So they've recalled them. Um, and then Riley Towler, who was you know, an outstanding centre-back, left-footed centre-back on loan from Bristol City, was recalled by them and they've sold him to Portsmouth for a, a six-figure fee. So it re- we, we really lost the spine of our team in right at the start of the window, which really did gut us. 
But then we've got a couple of good low knees in. We've got Amjana, who's a good sort of pacing winger on loan from Cambridge. We've got Armani Little, who's a very, very good sort of holding midfielder, number six, number eight type player on loan from Forest Green. I think a lot of our fans are hoping that we can make that move a permanent. Um, we've got Jaisini on loan from Charlton, who looks very good from what little we have been able to see of him. So I think it's been a very good window for us. And um, obviously we've got Aaron Pierre on a permanent as well from Sutton, who's a good League Two centre-back. So I think most of our fans are happy with the January business, even if, you know, two, three weeks ago it was looking quite desperate at one stage. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you look at the sort of the, the way you've lost players. Obviously, you've lost in terms of um, Paris Magoma and um, Nathan, yeah, Nathan Young-Coombs going back to Brentford, a Premier League club, and the other two have gone back to Championship clubs. The players you've brought in are from League One clubs. Do you think that's a little bit more effective maybe getting players in who are maybe a bit more ready for this level possibly i think it's a very different type of player because the type of player we had on loan in the first half of the year were players who we were developing for their parent clubs and you were always going to see they were going to go on to bigger and better things well that was the plan at least for all Mm -hmm. of them whereas now it's all players who you look at it and it hasn't worked out in league one for whatever reason at whatever club that is so these club players are more likely to hopefully become permanent so it all it feels almost like they're on a five-month trial with us all getting a move elsewhere. Um, so it's a different type of target. But I think in League Two, it's not the easiest division to go into if you're a young kid getting your first taste of senior football. Yeah. Johnny Jackson, your manager, um, any thoughts on him at the moment? I mean, are you quite happy with the job he's doing? I mean, to be, I suppose to be only three points off the playoffs at this stage after having a, a bit of a sticky start and coming off the back of, it's fair to say, a, a, a pretty terrible season last season. Do you think he's done an okay job? Yeah, well, I think he's turned it around quite incredibly, to be honest. And there was the start of the season was absolutely appalling. We were trying to play good football, but it wasn't really working out. And to be honest, there was calls for him to go. And it's probably only a game or two away from going, to be honest. But then since then, he's reverted, got brought in a load of the younger players from the academy, giving them minutes, and has changed to a League Two style of just basically... You know, going long ball, surviving, being good defensively, no mistakes type football. Not great to watch, but it's effective. And since then, we've really started to go on a good run. We've only lost, what is it now, two in our last 15 or two in our last 16, something like that. And only conceded nine goals in those games. So we've really picked Mm -hmm. up and are looking good at the back, tough to break down. So it's something that I think is is starting to win over fans. Yeah. Um, in terms of your squad overall, who are the danger men that we need to look out for? I seem to remember when we played you early in the season. I think, uh, I'm trying to think back who, who impressed me. I think Jack Curry was quite good in that game. I can't remember if he maybe he didn't play that. I can't remember, but uh, he's one who stood out for me, definitely. Yeah, Jack Curry's another player who's, you know, he came through our academy. He's been playing left back. Um, absolutely outstanding player for us. We've turned down a lot of offers for him in January from Bristol City. Um, he's been yeah. absolutely incredible. He hasn't really come back in the team since then, but I wouldn't be surprised if he starts um, on Saturday. But you've got Harry Pell, who's you know a league, very good League Two player. Who I don't think you'll find many fans of League Two clubs with positive words to say about him with some of his, you know, the way he tends to get under the skin no, of opposition. Not. <laughs> um, we, we got Lee, um, so he, he's going to really be the focal point. Josh Davison up front is a player who realistically is our goal scoring threat. But Jaisimi is the player who. He'll probably be getting one of his first starts for us on Saturday. And he's a player who has looked really good in his what little we've seen of him since he came in on loan from Charlton. Yeah, 
definitely. Um, right, well, before we wrap it up, George, obviously one thing I've got to ask you about is the new ground. Because for Carlisle fans, this is our first visit. Our experience of watching us go down to AC Wimbledon has been going to Kings Meadow, which I think it's fair to say non-league standard ground. <laughs> it's yeah. not, you know, whereas, whereas you've seen all the lovely pictures of the, of the new Plough Lane and it, it looks incredible. What what can our fans expect from it? And is it, it does it feel like home now? Do you feel like you are back in Wimbledon? Yeah, I think it's you know it's an incredible ground going. It's it's I mean there's it's not going up one level from Kings Meadow. There's levels and levels and yeah. levels between the two. It's such an incredible step up. It's a bit better than that terrace we stuck you in last time you came down. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so but it's, it's it's a great ground. The club is doing a huge amount of work to make it feel like home and celebrate our history and our proud heritage around the club. So it's great that that's it is starting to feel more and more like home the more we settle in. And um, for away fans coming down, you've got it's. I'm not going to lie; it will be a bit basic because the away stand is a temporary structure. Yeah, it's not Gillingham temporary, but no. it's <laughs> it's more like I don't know if you have been to Fulham or somewhere like that where it's metal metal steps. Effectively. Yeah, I've been to there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a nice it's a nice away end. The facilities are you know not probably not the greatest in the away end, but it's one of those of again it'll improve over time as we make that stand permanent. But it's, we have a, we've had a lot of positive feedback from away fans, mainly just because it's such a step up from Kings Meadow, to be honest. Yeah, it wouldn't take much. And ha- having been having been to Hulk Street at Barrow last season, I think we all agree <laughs> we'll, we'll take anything that's got a half decent view, uh, as, as our fans will attest to that. Yeah. We couldn't even see a third of the pitch at Barrow, and I was stood at the front, <laughs> so that tells you all <laughs> you need to know. If you haven't been to Hulk Street recently, you, you, you're in for a treat when you go there. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up, George. Just just to finish off, we always ask for a prediction. So if you can give us one, that'd be great. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a tight game. I think we're very good defensively, but are a bit toothless up front. So I think there'll be one goal in it. I'll, I'll say it's one going to be one nil, probably to us, but it could go either way. Okay. Cheers, George. Thanks very much, and Thank all you. the best for the rest of the season after this weekend. Thank you. Yeah, big thanks once again to George. I mean, we really appreciate the time that away fans give to, to speak to us about their clubs and they're all so passionate and they've got so knowledgeable. It's, it's really good insight that we get from them. And as mentioned there, if you keep an eye out on Saturday on the AFC Wimbledon YouTube channel, there's a live feed that appears on Matchday. They have a Matchday live show. And Mike and myself are going to be on it. We're going to be on there chatting about uh, all things United ahead of the big game. So if you if you tune into that, it's about two o'clock. I think we're going to be on this weekend. So yeah, that'll be fantastic. Right then, referee for this weekend's game, Dan Darren Hand- Darren Handley. Why is that sticking in my head? Is he like is he done like assistant referee at Premier League level or something like that? Quite a bit, I think. Name really rings a bell. I don't know why, because I was looking for his stat, and he's not refereed that many games each season. So it's almost like he does a little bit here and there. So I do wonder if he actually is a football league, uh, Premier League referee. You you can have a look and try and find that out while I'm talking about him anyway. Uh, so yeah, Darren Handley, it's his seventh season as an EFL referee. Uh, this season, I mean, his stats are incredible. He's taken charge of 12 games so far this season, handing out 50 yellow cards and uh, five red cards, which is quite a lot. Uh, yeah. Last season, he handed out 68 yellow and seven red cards in 16 games. See. So like last two seasons, he averaged nearly a red card every other game with red cards. I don't know if he just has mental games where he hands out a load of things. It's a very strange one, isn't it? But there yeah. you go. Um, yes, so he's going to be referee for this weekend's game. Last United game he took charge of was the 2-0 home defeat against Sutton United last in January last year. That was the game that we uh, 
I think the first the game before we signed Toby, wasn't it? I think from them. Same time. Richie yeah, Bennett. Well, Richie Bennett, um, man of the match in that game, wasn't he? I think he was the best player on the pitch, which tells you a lot about how good we were back then, doesn't it? Head to head record. It's a sixth meeting between the two sides. United have got two wins, two games have been drawn, and the Wombles have won one. Want to talk about AFC Wimbledon then, Dan? Uh, their squad. Um, it's weird, right? I look at the squad. It, it's hard to judge because they've got a lot of players who've obviously come from the London circuit, as we've, we've said this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard for us to sometimes judge how good they are. Quite a bit of activity. Big, I was about to say, busy January, haven't they? Yeah, well, let, let's talk about the, the biggest one of the lot. Ayub uh, uh, Asal has moved to Alwakra. For one point one four million, that's a nice number, isn't it? Higher Jorgana. It's literally exactly the same as Joe Garner's, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know if they signed him for one hundred forty grand and they've done the same thing where they something, yeah. It's a very very strange one, that isn't it? But um, yeah. but yeah, so he's gone for one point one four million to El Wakra. Um, he he was the lad. He looked quite good against us. I think did he set up their goal in the home fixture? I think he's actually gone on loan since he joined Al Wakra to Al Makaya. Oh, so there you go. That's a very strange one, isn't it? But there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah so that, that's a, that's a decent wedge of money for for a club like them because they've had a bit of issues in recent seasons, haven't they? In terms of paying off for the stadium and I think COVID and stuff like that affected it, didn't yeah. it? In terms of finishing off Plough Lane, so that probably be quite useful for them in terms of budget for players because they've been working on a little bit of a shoestring. I think it's fair to say for recent seasons. Uh, but yet loan wise, four of the loanees they brought in in January all went back. Which like, we've said this before, haven't we? Very common theme this season, isn't it, in, in League Two? Of clubs maybe only keeping one or two of the players they've got on loan for the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at that list on our notes. and Yeah. Uh, four have gone back out on, back from loan. They're also released free. It's not often you see players released in January, is it? I have a feeling Will Yaskalainen was only on a short-term deal. Yeah, yeah. It might be the same with the other two. I'm not 100%, but yeah. And, um, the, you look at the teams that they've loaned in from, there's, again, there's quite a good mix, you know. I mean, they, they brought five in on loan, as yeah. well as signing a couple. Uh, Armani Little, what a great name that is for, the, yeah. for a lower league football. I think Sam Pearson's one I've, I've definitely heard of before. Aaron Pierre, good solid defender at this level, albeit... You know, he went to Sutton and didn't really do much there. Yeah, yeah. Surprised with that one, I suppose. Uh, uh, Ali Al Hamadi as well from Wickham. I think he's one who. Yeah. I think he did quite well in his debut. I think it was against Stockport the other week. Um, K- Case, this is completely unrelated. Casey McAteer, who's on loan there from uh, Leicester. Uh, I'm doing Leicester on football managing at the moment, and yeah. he was actually on loan at Carlisle. And I had to have three conversations with Paul Simpson about him playing him in the unagreed position. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Very poor, that. I, I've, I've had the same problem with um, with Kai Nugent. Uh, I think it's Bridlington Town. They keep, well, playing him out, they, they keep playing him out of position. I shouldn't really be grumbling, though, because he scored, I think, is it? He's scoring one and two from centre midfield. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't be, shouldn't be kicking off, but it's just... It's I must add that I never, ever do Carlisle on footy manager because I find yourself to be too biased. Yeah, you have too many favourites, don't you? So it's yeah, tough yeah. One, isn't it? Um, looking at the squad overall then, Dan, um, any standout men in there? I mean, Alex Pierce obviously the player's got bags of experience at this level, doesn't he? Or not even this level, higher level, I should say. Uh, Harry Pell's the one, I suppose, that stands out in terms of experience at this level, doesn't it? Um, 
not an overly popular person with with Carlisle squads in the past. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I was going to say more in the past. I mean, I don't think there'll be many players left. Jamie to, Devitt's uh, probably the only one, actually, isn't he? I think he Devitt. Is. Maybe it was Mellish here, Fireman. Mm, maybe, maybe not. I think it was the yeah. season before, wasn't it? I think, yeah. For those who don't know the story, I think it was it was to do with a uh, Christmas night out, wasn't it? I think where in Dublin, I think it in was Dublin. I think I think cause, yeah, because Jamie Devitt was helped organise it, didn't he? Because he's from there. Yeah. And um, I think Carlisle went there and they bumped into Morecambe and got on very well with the Morecambe squad. Hence why Kevin Ellison actually gets on quite well with our players. And our fans have sort of not taken to him, but I think they've, they've, uh, they've, uh, what's the word? Their, their hatred of him has got a lot milder, hasn't it? I think it's yeah, more of yeah. pantomime villain levels these days. But uh, also the culture squad was there and apparently Harry Pell was giving it the big licks and Billy Big Bollocks and all that kind of thing. And yeah basically made a chump out of him. I think the next time we played them, I think it was 4-0 or something like that. So, yeah. interesting. Did you see him last weekend and uh, the Leighton Orient Twitter? Yes. yes. So, basically, Leighton Orient have got this thing before the games and match preview. They do like a head-to-head of two players and they put down the stats that they do and that kind of thing. You know, their stats for the season. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. usually quite good, you know, the stats. I think it was George Moncour up against uh, Harry Pell for them. And uh, Harry Pell, like, we quote tweeted, it says, fine if you're doing this, but make sure you get your stats right. And obviously after the game, they lost 1-0 uh, Wimbledon <laughs> against them. And they said, oh, sorry about that, Harry. Here's the correct stats. And it was basically ripping it out of him. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Didn't really think it through, did he? Not the shot. Yeah, Chris, Chris Gunter's the name that stands out, obviously, at the World Cup with Wales. Yeah. I think Jack Curry's yeah. another one. I think Jack Curry's one who's come through their academy. And I think they're quite I, Hang on, hang on. I've got a random Chris Gunter Go fact for you. Go on. He was best man for Adam Ramsey at his wedding. Was he? Oh, well, yeah. there you go. And there's this week's pointless fact for you. Yeah, well, it is a nice, uh, interesting fact related to Aaron uh, Ramsey then for you. Do you know who his favourite footballer of all time is? No. Graham Kavanagh. Yes, I've, I've heard he's, that. He's football hero. Have we not mentioned that before, actually? I think we might have done, yes. But basically, I think he's, yeah. whenever he does interviews, and people like, yeah, people like say, like, when he does interviews, like, who's your favourite player? Who's, who's your hero? And he'd always say Graham Kavanagh, and everyone would be like confused, like, what, really? He's like, yeah. Because like, uh, Cardiff, he's an absolute legend, Cavanagh, isn't he, really? They still love him yeah, there now. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, so Jack Curry's one, I think they're, they're, they're quite impressive, isn't it? I think he's come up through their academy, and I think he's one who can go on to be a, a really big player for them. Um, Little should add a bit of a extra, you know, steel to the midfield as well. But yeah, other than it's a difficult one to judge. I, I, we, we said this when we spoke to them earlier in the season, the, the guys from the Women of Pod, and that. I feel like it is a season of almost stability for them, isn't it? The new ground, they've had issues in terms of player budgets the last few seasons because of the fact they've had to tighten belts to make sure the new ground gets built and finished. So for me, I feel like for them, it's finishing mid-table would not be an absolute disaster for them. And I'm a feeling if they did, with that money that's coming from from the lad who's gone to... Is it a Qatari club, that club? I should have checked that beforehand. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, he's gone out to the, so. the Middle yeah. East. The money that's coming from him probably puts them in a really good position this summer to go right, rather than go and spend it in January where they basically waste the money. Yeah, yeah. Like like we did with Charlie White back in the day, they they can sit down and go right. Let let's use this money sensibly in the summer to build a decent squad. So I think they'll probably miss out on the playoffs, Wimbledon, but I suspect next season they'll be one of the better teams in the division. Yeah, yeah. One to watch out. They've, for they've certainly got the setup now with the ground all sorted and Yeah. I mean they're getting what seven, know, eight thousand crowds, so Yeah, yeah. One one thing as well, I, I believe the food offerings at Wimbledon are really, really good. Spot on. 
Looking forward to that then. That should, yeah, that should like be good. A lot better than your standard pie in a foil tin, basically. Yeah. I, you know, I think they do like fried chicken, jerk chicken, rice, Ooh. you know, all I'll, sorts. I'll, I'll be giving that a try this weekend, definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of artists, before we, we go on air, in terms of pubs, I should tell you this actually, because Simon from the London Branch did send me over. I keep forgetting to do these because Simon sends me them and I keep, then keep forgetting to send them. So the suggested meeting pub for Wimbledon, this is from the London Branch, is The Castle, which is on 38 Tooting High Street, um, SW10RG. Um, you, you suggested, I think, to me, didn't you, that it, it's probably better to get the tube down to Tooting if, and find a if, pub there. If you're on the train, if you're on the train... Yeah. It's actually easier to walk down to Tooting Broadway, which is maybe 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. But you can be at Euston in half an hour. Yeah. And Dan's commuter tip, it's a northern line north. When you get to Stockwell, change onto the Victoria line. It's a cross-platform change, so it's only 25 yards. And the Victoria line has about four less stops on the northern line to Euston from Stockwell, so it's quicker. It's a very good show. I, I'd agree with that one because that's what I used to do when I used to live in yeah. Adelston in, in Vig. I used to, not go yeah, to Stockholm, yeah. but I used to get off at Vauxhall because it was yeah. a lot quicker going up there from than going all the way to Waterloo. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. So that that's the suggested pub. Um, I, I suspect quite a lot of Blues will be in Tooting. I think for yeah. this one because I, I have a feeling a lot of the clubs, the uh, pubs, sorry, near the ground, are actually home fan only. Aren't it, I think I, I seem to remember reading that somewhere. So, yeah. but uh, just keep an eye out for that. Basically, there'll be advice, I'm sure, on Twitter and stuff like that for that kind of thing. Uh, yep. Yeah, so uh, last time out, they lost one 0 at Lane Orient. It's not really any disgrace in that, but a bit of a disappointment with them because they had a decent form Wimbledon up until that point. I think. Mm. Um, uh, in terms of uh, overall form, they're down to 13th in the form table now. Their recent uh, record is uh, one loss, drawn, drawn, one loss. So yeah, prior to that, they'd only had probably I think one defeat in the last six. So. And now I've got two, which is similar to us. We're second in the farm table now. Record of loss. One, 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 loss. So there you go. Um, right, well, let, let's talk about United quickly then, Dan, before we do predictions. Um, yeah, uh, what do we do this weekend then? Because obviously the well, one concern the big, is the big, the big question is Moxon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a suggestion he might not... So you're looking at either Devitt comes in or McCalmon starts and whichever does, it wouldn't be a surprise to see the other come on for at some point. Yeah, yeah. I have a, fe- I have a De- feeling if, if Devitt starts, you'll get 60 minutes out of him and then you'll be yeah, McCalmon. Yeah, but the yeah. other way around, I think McCalmon probably could last a bit longer depending yeah, on how yeah. the game's going. But... I, I think McCalmon deserves a go and then you've got Devitt to come off to possibly close a game out if needed, yeah. etc. Yeah. Uh, I think we may see Senior back in. That seems to be the suggestion. Yeah. There was also, Paul Simpson alluded to maybe a couple of knocks. So I wonder if maybe one of the strikers may see Dennis a didn't, round Dennis or... didn't look very happy when he came off. And the fact that he came off on his own yeah, yeah. rather than Patrick and Garner coming yeah, at the same so time. We, we, might, we might see maybe Garner come in for Dennis and vice versa. You know, yeah. The Possibly. rest of it pretty much picks itself, doesn't yeah. it? The one, the one thing I would say in Devitt's favour in terms of starting him is the set pieces, because that's one yeah, thing you'll yeah. miss with Moxon out the team, who's yeah, going to take true. set pieces. Because guys' corners are very hit and miss. I, I don't rate Gibson's corners at all. I rate him as a play, but I don't think corners and set piece wise he's yeah. that great. Well, you've got Jack so, Arbor for one side, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, and that has made a difference actually. I think his his corners, yeah. you know, we've been close on a couple of them, so it's it's nice to see yeah. a bit of variety there. But there you go. Um, yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I think I think Senior comes in. 
I think if Moxon's fit, obviously you start and you stick with that same yeah. midfield. But if not, I'd probably put Devitt in there and then up front, I'd, I'd maybe mix it up and maybe try Garner and and uh, Gordon. Maybe see how that mm. does rather than mm. Dennis and you know just. Try a different partnership, maybe, for this one. That's yeah. what I'd do, but there you go. Uh, right, uh, predictions time, then. What are you going to go for off this one, then, Don? I had for 2-1 win, and I'm going to go for Garner and Huntington from a Jack Armour corner to a torn for last week. Ooh, OK. Uh, right, I'll do my prediction first. And this week, I'll go for a 2-1 win with J.K. Gordon and Alfie McCalment to score. Ooh, interesting that he's gone from a to score on that one. Uh, right, uh, I, I'm going to keep keep the uh, the form up, and I'm going to go for a two-one win. Uh, no, in fact, oh, I don't want to go for two-nil or two-nil. <laughs> two-nil. I'm going to go for a two-nil win, and I'm going to go for uh, goals from Garner <coughs> and Jamie Devitt to get the other. So there you go, Devitt and Garner for mine. Yeah. Right, okay, that's that bit done. Uh, X Files time done. Yeah, uh, quite fairly quiet actually. Uh, yeah. Considering there's been a weekend and a few midweek games. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Bowman got uh, the winner in a one nil win for Shrewsbury at Oxford. Couple of games uh, in a row, isn't it? Scored a couple recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also a one nil win for Kyle Dempsey. Scored at home for Bolton to Cheltenham mm. quite late in that game as well. Uh, Andy Cook scored at home to Mansfield in a one-all. He Out loves scoring game, against Mansfield, doesn't he? <laughs> Nigel Clough made a really interesting thing about the substitute rule because uh, Mansfield had to make three substitutions for injuries, which bodes well for us on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and his only other time he could make a sub after that was half-time. So he had to make two substitutions at half-time because he had two players he didn't think would last. I'm I'm surprised. I I thought the rule was the window only applied in the second half to stop time waste. I thought the whole point was that the yeah. I'm, I'm sure originally that was the plan was that you're only allowed free windows in the second half because yeah. otherwise I mean, you have issues like this. How, how how many times do you see three three separate injuries happen in the first yeah. half? It's exactly it's very that, rare. It's that's something that surely yeah, you've got to look yeah, at as real making yeah. saying, All right it applies to the second half because no one's going to be yeah. doing those subs to waste time in the first half, are they yeah. really? So there yeah. you go. Uh, Jack Bridge reappears, uh, yeah. scored a brace for Southend, one of them a penalty, 2-0 win at home to York and yeah. he got in the National League Team of the Week off that. Mm. Uh, Callum Higginbottom scored in a 2-1 home defeat against Falkirk for Kelty. Yeah. Uh, midweek, Stephen Rigg scored one all. Uh, draw for Reds away at Ramsbottom. Reds missed two penalties in this game. Bloody which hell. is, uh, yeah. And then the big one uh, uh, last night, this was Wednesday night, Janet Branfwaite got a brace for PSV at home to Emmon in the uh, KNVB Becker, which is their version of the FA Cup. 3 1 win, uh, man of the match. And there's a great interview going round on <laughs> yeah. Twitter. We'll retweet it. Where the uh, the interviewer had actually been to Carlisle to watch Brighton randomly, yeah. And uh, no, in fact, he, no, you know, no, he wasn't watch Brighton. He was playing for Brighton. Ah, I, 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 ah right, right. He's a Dutch lad. He played for right, Brighton right. in the mid eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mad. And uh, it's quite funny because uh, fair play to JB sort of defends the uh, the homeland. Yeah. Uh, oh, one other midweek, Gary Medine got a red card in the first half for Blackpool you've, against Huddersfield in a big. I'm going to say, Dan, you've missed one other midweek as well. 
And it was quite a big goal. It was a... Uh, I, I only noticed because I actually saw this come up on Twitter. Solihull Moors, 3-2 winner at uh, oh, yes, City. Mark Beck. Yeah. Mark Beck scored an 82nd minute winning goal against his former club, which has resulted yeah. in York City's manager being sacked after, what, a couple yeah. of months in charge? So, yeah. not that one. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of flair movement. Uh, Reggie yeah. Lamb has left Stallmarket, was it? Yes, yes. Uh, Mark Ellis went to York on loan for the rest of the season from Barrow. Yeah. Uh, Dean Furman is in co-charge of Warrington Rylands at the moment. Yeah. And a couple of tenuous links, ex-manager links. I like these Graham ones, yeah. Cavanagh's son, Callum, scored on his debut for Newport. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Presley's son, Aaron, scored a penalty for Accrington at Port Vale. But that wasn't the, the key figure yes. this match. Featured in another ex-blue. Basically, Port Vale scored, but in the build-up there was a handball. So the referees blown and went, sorry, it's a penalty. But the, you know, the, the, goal... The, 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 the goal's worst... not allowed, it's a penalty. But the bad thing about this is that he blows the whistle after the ball hits the back of the net as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of like but, you uh, kind of let it stand. Said penalty is then saved by Lucas Jensen. He is alive. He lives. <laughs> he lives. Yeah. Oh, amazing. He's actually played about 15-odd games for Aki this season. but uh, We just forgot about yeah. him. Because <laughs> it's very easy to forget about him. We did as a club, didn't we? So... Uh, so there you go. Brilliant. Thanks for that round up there, Dan. Uh, that's no, it for this, week, this week's episode. Um, yeah, thanks once again to our sponsors, the London Branch, for their support this season. Uh, we've got a couple of specials working. I think you're working away on the uh, a, a transfer-related one, shall we say, yeah, that yeah. You're, you're currently uh, putting together at the moment that we're going to record soon. Uh, there's another sort of a series that we've got planned that we've got a couple of guests potentially coming to, to do with us, which should be good. Uh, in terms of upcoming normal episodes, uh, we're going to hopefully get a, a preview done for the Mansfield game over the weekend. For, rather than try and cram it into this one, we'll get an extra one done for that. And then we'll be previewing the Colchester game next weekend as well. That could be quite a big one as well, couldn't it? Because, you know, they're flying yeah. in terms of form. And that's one way, if, you know, if we can get a win there, that that puts us right back in it. So there you go. Uh, Dan, thanks once again for your help. No, Always appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues.